As I record this episode, the educators of the Columbus Education Association are currently striking to improve student conditions, including working HVAC in all of their schools, as well as full-time content area specialists, including art, music, and physical education. To the members of the Columbus Education Association, I hear you, I appreciate your fight, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for fighting for what you believe in so that our students can have the high-quality education that they deserve. You're listening to That Music Podcast with Bryson Tarbett, the curriculum designer and educational consultant behind That Music Teacher and the Elementary Music Summit. Each week, Bryson and his guests will dive into the reality of being an elementary music teacher and how music can truly be transformative in the lives of the students you serve. Show notes and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at thatmusicteacher.com. Hello and welcome to the first episode of season four of That Music Podcast. When I started this podcast years ago, I never thought we'd make it to season four. So I'm so excited to talk to you today about how we take the reality of the last few years of teaching and move forward. So if you're sitting there saying, how do I take teaching during COVID, teaching during the craziness of 2020 to 2022, and how do we take that and move forward? That's what we're going to be talking about today. I want to start off by giving you permission to mourn for the things that didn't happen. If you're anything like me, you probably had performances canceled, and then the next year you didn't have any performances at all. And, you know, maybe you missed school because of COVID, or maybe, you know, you had to take a lot of time off for your kids. And I think it's important for us to accept that the last couple years have been really hard and acknowledge, and you can feel free to miss the things that we missed out on. But don't get stuck on those. And I know that's easier said than done. But I really want us to focus on, you know, yes, the last couple of years have been really hard. There have been things that have been really terrible. But how can we move forward from this? And how can we make our classrooms a place that have been changed for the better because of the ways in which we'd had to teach the last few years? Let's be honest, we probably have come up with some interesting ways to teach that we never would have thought of had we not had to teach online, outside, no singing, six feet apart, no you know, folk dances that were distanced in. How can we use that information to move forward? So the first thing I want you to do is I want you to stop, think, and just reflect on the past few years. How have your past few years really been? What were some things that didn't go well? What were some things that did go well? What were some things that you were surprised about? For instance, in my school, we couldn't sing for the longest of times. And I was really worried about that because, you know, I'm a Kodai influenced teacher. Singing is the core of my curriculum. But what I was able to find out out of necessity was that there are some of my students, especially my older elementary, my fifth and my sixth graders, that didn't necessarily want to sing, but that didn't mean they didn't want to do music. That didn't mean that they weren't musical or didn't have ideas to share. It just wasn't really their modality of learning or modality of sharing music. And this is where I kind of come into the term of creative listening. I did so much listening during COVID because, you know, I didn't know what else to do, quite honestly. And I understood, you know, reflecting to songs and, you know, having students write a couple things or draw a picture or describe it. And the things some of these students have come up with really blew me away. 
I'll be honest, I had a couple students that I really thought the only reason they were in music is because they had to. And, you know, they were just there. They were there, and that was kind of it. They didn't have a love for music. They weren't going to continue music after my class, and they were just there because they had to be. But when I read the reflections, they were amazing. Students were able to listen to music and hear things I never even thought of or create worlds, you know, that have to go with the music that I never could have imagined. And had I not had to slow down, had I not had to completely redo my curriculum, I might not have been able to reach this student in this way. Or I might not have been able to have them show me how musical they are. We always talk about how there's all different types of being musical. You know, you could be the one that wants to be front and center. You could be one of the ones that wants to be kind of in the background of the chorus. But I think there's also a reason and a reason that we should talk about that there are some people that their musicality comes from listening. Their musicality comes from sharing the music of others or talking about it and, and analyzing it. And I think so much, so much we get stuck in the performance bubble that we need to remember that we are creating lifelong musicians. And some of those musicians won't necessarily be on a stage the rest of their lives. So once you've taken some time and did like a, a little bit of an inventory on the reality of the last couple of years, once you take away all the, the trauma and just the craziness of it, I want you to start thinking about what you want your classroom to be. We are in this weird phoenix rising from the ashes era of education. And I think that for better or for worse, music and education in general, honestly, is going to come out of this a very different, in a different way. I think it's really important for us to <clears throat> take a moment and reflect on what we want our classrooms to be. How do we want students to feel? How do we want them to interact with music? How do we want them to share other music? And once we've taken that time, it's important for us to put some things into action. I'm all for the woo-woo stuff of, you know, music makes us better and things like that. But what are we going to do to make our classrooms different than they were four years ago? What are we going to add to our curriculum, change our curriculum, um, adapt in our curriculum? What are we going to discuss? What are we not going to discuss? What are we not going to spend time on? What are we going to focus on? These are a lot of philosophical discussions that you need to have with yourself, whether it's, you know, making a list, talking to yourself on the drive home. I believe to the core of my heart that it is incredibly, incredibly important for you to have a vision for your classroom. But I also don't think that it needs to be our vision entirely. Talk to your students. What do they want? Even if they don't necessarily know how to say it. These students, in you know, the example I gave earlier, they wanted more creative listening. They wanted more opportunities to show their musicality, even though they might have been shy. They wanted to be able to compose in, you know, Soundtrap. They wanted to be able to use music technology. They wanted to be able to collaborate with more musicians. They wanted to be able to collaborate with those people that maybe not weren't in their class, but because of all the distance hybrid, all this crazy learning, we were able to do different things. What lit your students up these past few years? What lit you up? And where can we find those common grounds? So my challenge to use this, make a list, whether it be in your phone, on a post-it note, you know, on an old envelope from a bill that you didn't pay. <laughs> I want you to make a list of your non-negotiables. What are some things that you refuse to lose from these past few years? What are some things that you refuse 
to leave out when you rebuild your classroom from the ashes of what the last few years have been? What are the moments? What are the joys? What are the songs, the pieces of curriculum, the, the opportunities for music making? What are those things that you will die, those hills that you are willing to die on? And that these are going to be a part of my classroom. This is going to be a part of my teaching. I want you to write these down. And then I want you to take some steps into implement these. So if you said, I want to have an opportunity for students to explore music in a way that is more listening focused, well, then do something about it. Apply some listening into your lessons. Google listening maps online. Find something from TPT. Talk to people around you. Try something new. If these last few years have taught me nothing is that, you know, Sometimes when you fail or when you try something new, you fail hard. But sometimes when you try something new, you find something you never knew that you needed. I'm not here to say that teaching will forever be easier because we're, we've done the hard part. Teaching will always be ups and downs. But I truly hope that we are collectively done or near, nearly done teaching in the hardest years of our career. Because I don't know about you, but I'm ready to move forward to create more positive interactions with my students, to create that love of music that is the reason I began teaching in the first place, but also making sure that what I'm doing is in alignment with me, with my values, and what I see for the future of my classroom.